Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. We gave up drinking whiskey this week. It was the worst 20 minutes of our entire lives. What's up, kids? You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Kissinger Cheeseman. And this is Chad. Get the popcorn ready, so wash. And on this episode, Amazon has a queue, LinkedIn hits on nurses, and boomers can't get no satisfaction. Let's do this. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> Seriously, though, seriously, text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs. Automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> What's up, Chad? Were you, were you overserved last night on the beach? Oh, my God, man. 
it wasn't my intent to go out last night. I was going to stay home because uh, Julie mm-hmm. uh, has trash TV night with the girls. They watch Too Hot to Handle. Is this the points game or the money game where if you like, yeah, 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 uh, like get, if you get naughty, if you you kiss lose or you money, screw yeah. or whatever, they take money away from me. Yeah, it's stupid. Is it people from multiple countries this season? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But okay. it's, I mean, it's like brainless TV, which is you know, sure. you got hot people on TV. It's totally brainless. You don't have to think about anything. Well. I was just going to watch Blue Samurai, uh, Blue-Eyed Samurai, which is awesome on Netflix if you haven't watched it. It's really fun. I haven't. It's, it's awesome. It is awesome. You got to watch spoiling it. spoiling it, what's it about? Uh, I'm not going to – I'm not, not even going to tell you. When you get into it, you will, you will <laughs> get sucked right into it. Blue-Eyed Samurai. Blue-Eyed Samurai. Okay. Anyway, so I was lured down to the bar, which is not hard. And uh, yeah, I, did, we didn't, I didn't get home till 3 a.m. So uh, that being said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you, my friend, need one of our favorite sound bites to feel nope. better. Have a listen. Like, that thing's giant. How many times bigger is it than Earth? Like, the moon? Yeah. No. No, not bigger. <laughs> yeah, it is. I wish we had a visual on this because you could see the guy, like, okay, do I want to screw this up? Okay, maybe it is. Maybe it's. Maybe it is bigger. Maybe I just go with it. Depends on how hot she is, apparently. The moon is bigger than Earth. Oh, yeah. That's why we need the visual to really appreciate. It has to be. (laughs) I love Australia. (laughs) Australia is just the gift that keeps on giving. It it, it is the Florida of the Southern Hemisphere. It it definitely is. It definitely is. It definitely is. All right. Well, can you gather the strength for some shout outs? I think I can. I think I can. Maybe one. Can we get one shout out? I'll I'll give one if you give one. Let's give a shout out to Canadian Journalism's win over Google. That's right. Over the years, we've talked about how the internet, mainly Google at this point, has killed journalism. Well, not in Canada. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stated, quote, after months of holding strong and demonstrating our commitment to local journalism, uh, to strong independent journalism getting paid for their work, Google has agreed to properly support journalists, including local journalism, end quote. Uh, what does that mean? Well, the Canadian government had estimated earlier this year that Google's compensation to news outlets should be about $172 million. Uh, Google's estimates were a little bit lower, around $100 billion. Uh, it's still chump change for Google. But remember, many other countries are watching very closely for the outcome of this fight, and they're going to want their piece of Google. Take off, we were doing our movie. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. To the great white north. Google calls that lunch money. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> how, how many times are they going to have to do this, though, from country to country to country to country? Yeah, I mean, um, the, the defense on this, and, and Zuckerberg basically said, uh, Zuck off uh, to Justin Trudeau, yeah. I think, from this whole process. I saw a story a, f- a few weeks ago about how little referral traffic news stories get now Mm -hmm. on Facebook, which basically says like, okay, you want money? We're just going to take you off the platform. So very few, very little traffic now comes from Facebook. Google, it's a little bit tough because it's a search engine and those are trusted stories and but yeah. like Facebook, you can kind of get away with it because you're sharing pictures of yeah. of babies and yeah. uh, you know my sunset, drunk yeah. night I out with it. your wife okay. and your and your and your your food on the beach in Portugal. Like mm. that's what I have to deal with on Facebook now instead of instead of that's news. 
<laughs> That's a good one. That's news. That's news. And so is this even much less, less so. But, yes. uh, Travis Kelsey's been in the news, uh, a lot. Taylor He's dating Swift, someone huh? named Taylor Swift. Huh? I, I, I haven't heard of her, but she's kind of a big deal, apparently. Well, Kelsey, uh, uh, Travis and his brother have a podcast. We talk a lot about poaching on the show. You remember, uh, American Airlines going after mm-hmm. UPS and FedEx pilots for $250,000 to get them to, oh, yeah. to come to American mm-hmm. Airlines. Well, yeah. Machine Gun Kelly, another Clevelander, as is Kelsey, uh, took poaching to a whole new level. I want to play you uh, something from their their podcast this week. Kells, what's good, dog? I'm sure you get asked this question behind closed doors a lot. Oh, shit. I would, I would be remiss if due to the nature of our friendship and just as a Clevelander that I did not insert this question personally. Okay. I don't even know what's I will give anymore. you $500,000 cash upon arrival just for shopping or whatever you want as well as matching that same amount as a donation to both of our high schools both shaker heights and cleveland heights as well as everyday breakfast and coffee delivery from my restaurant (laughs) if you would just come home and put on these colors right here. And- <laughs> <laughs> you mother, you know that was the original dream, dog. <laughs> so, Machine Gun Kelly, 500K, cash money, uh, tax-free, breakfast. basically. Yeah. Uh, breakfast in bed, mm. coffee for Taylor Swift uh, from his <laughs> restaurant. Um, it's great. So, Shaker Heights is Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, Cleveland Heights. Uh, I lived in University Heights for a long time, which is wedged in between the two. So l- this one hit close to home as a Browns fan and, and as a still Clevelander in many in many ways. But this yeah. takes poaching to a whole new level, and I want to yeah. see more of this in sports. Well, they've, they've got to get somebody to throw him the ball in Cleveland, and they just don't have that. So I mean, there's no reason <laughs> for him to go there in the first place because he can't throw himself the ball. Okay, so it's unfortunate, but it's just it's just the case. Yeah, oh. he he, go, he goes on to say like. I'm not going to lie to you. I got I got it pretty good in Kansas City. So he goes he goes on to say like it's not too bad. But you know what they say about quarterbacks in 60% Cleveland? 60% of the time it works every time. It's more like 10% of the time it works every time. <laughs> Well, you know who's winning is people who sign up for free shit. Our listeners are winning. That's right. If you go to chadcheese.com slash free, uh, you can get yourself a T-shirt uh, from our friends at JobGet Beer. Craft beer delivered to your doorstep, not by us. It's going to be UPS or, or, or somebody like that, FedEx. From Aspen Tech Labs, our friends over at Aspen Tech Labs, whiskey, two bottles. I, I, I don't want to think about whiskey. I don't want to think about whiskey right now, but two bottles. You're going to get delivered <laughs> from Text Colonel. That's right, our friends at Text Colonel. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it's your birthday, it's rum with oh. plum.io. <laughs> Can you feel the tension mm. in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plum. Sounds like he needs to take that best, plum att- assessment is what it sounds like. He yeah, needs. best best sponsorship ever. Uh, all right, so uh, <laughs> rum with plum. Yes. If it's your birthday this month, uh, you could win a, a great bottle of rum from our friends at Plum. Yeah. So celebrating another trip around the sun this week, uh, listeners, Deidre Pitts, Frank Wittenauer, Mary Kelly, Michael Cox, Nathan Ooh. Budziak, Terry Kaler, Stephen Branch, Andy Parker, Kyle Pollard, Alex Murphy, oh. Ryan Irwin, Mason Wong, and Matt Graflin, and our friend Torin Ellis oh. all take another trip around the sun Happy this birthday. week. Happy birthday to them. And by the way, Chad, mm. 
we're working on our Christmas cards for the year, which you can only get if you sign up as a fan. So if you want the Christmas card this year, you don't want to just have FOMO on social media, go out to chadcheese.com, click the free link and uh, sign up for our stuff. We send cool stuff and it's in and, and oh. it's for free. Uh, got to say it's going to be great next week. Yeah, it is next week. Jesus going to fly out on yeah. Saturday. Um, really looking forward to seeing all my friends and people in London for TA Tech Europe next week. I'm especially interested to see what a room full of tech vendors think of innovation looks like these days. Uh, Chat GPT was launched uh, to the public about a year ago. And yep. I mean, it's going to be, it's really going to be interesting to see large language models and data sets, those types of things. I want to see these brains working. So this is my challenge to you, everybody coming to TA Tech. Don't come with the basic bullshit stuff, okay? I don't want to hear mm-hmm. about emails, okay? I don't want to hear about, I, I want to hear about the really cool innovation that you guys are bringing to the market. I think you're saying not not too much fish and chips, not too much, not too many pints <laughs> before you come. Yeah, uh, come to, come to play because Chad's got his game face on. That's right, uh, Chad. We got we got a lot of great shows, but we got another one, another one that maybe people don't know about. Oh, yeah. We're doing the Chad and Cheese podcast does data with Toby Dayton Ooh. from LinkUp. We look every month at the Fed numbers, employment numbers, uh, economic numbers, and we dive in. We give it a Chad and Cheese spin to it. But if you if you haven't uh, plugged into that. It's only on YouTube. Check us out at youtube.com backslash at Chad Cheese and get all the economic goodness from our our friend Sasquatch of statistics, Toby. Economic Toby goodness. That's right. That's right. Oh, no. Oh, it's winding down, Chad, and not looking good for me. Oh, no. I'm going to just have to root for you. Well, <laughs> fantasy football, fantasy football. Again, our friends at Factory Fix, we appreciate it. Uh, not looking good for me. Chad is looking pretty good here in week 13, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's your here's your leaderboard. I feel pretty good about my nicknames this, Chad. You ready? <laughs> okay. And number one, what? we got Marcy Mallrat. Number two, Michelle Sergeant Peppers. Number three, Vitamin Dina Perro. Number four, Chad GPT Sowash. Oh, that was pretty good. That was after about <laughs> three drams of, uh, of scotch. Number five, Bag of Dixon. That's Joe Bag of Dixon, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Number six, Cypress Jill Patterson for the Cypress Hill fans. Yeah. Number seven, Cool Mo Dean Osner. Very nice. Number eight, Brent Losey. How much you could save bundling your home and auto. You may not get that because you're not in the U.S. anymore. Uh, but if you watch football, you know that one. Number nine, Joel Gargonzola Cheeseman. By the way, Chad, did you know that there is 1,871 types of cheese in the world. I didn't know that. Did Number not. 10, yeah. Jasper Eyewear Spanx Spanjart. <laughs> Number 11, Dennis Quaid Tupper. And number 12, the caboose, Kristen Urban Dictionary. And that is our Factory Fix Fantasy Football Leaderboard. Put me out of my misery. The season is almost <laughs> over. Topics. Oh, that hurt. Let's topics this bitch. And what better way to start our topics than Elon Musk? Elon Musk, speaking at the 2023 Dealbook Summit, Mm -hmm. defiantly addressed advertisers leaving X, formerly Twitter, due to anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic, did I say that right? Post he boosted, Musk told them to go fuck yourself 
and threatened to expose their actions. He admitted posting foolish content and denied being anti-Semitic. Musk discussed unions, China's influence, and voiced AI concerns. I couldn't believe that he actually said, go fuck yourself. So we had to go to the audio chat. <laughs> Enjoy it. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. <laughs> is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob. So there you go, Chad. Go fuck yourself. Uh, in, in job site news, however, x.com slash jobs mm-hmm. is now live. Yes, it redirects to twitter.com because <laughs> x.com isn't working no, apparently. I, but uh, I, whatever. Whatever, dude. Uh, if, you, if you had, quote, it'll look like indeed circa 2008, well... Uh, you you win uh, because it looks just like indeed circa 2008 reviews of the new job board vertical search I don't know job search engine uh, are mostly positive but this whole effort is barely halfway to first base Chad your thoughts on all things Elon this week yeah right, let's let's go to the, the the things that matter most and it kind of trickle down so kids we're watching the richest man in the world melt down right in front of our eyes uh, the high Bob comments at the end was for Bob Iger CEO of Disney who pulled Disney's ad budget from Twitter after some of Musk's controversial tweets retweets boosting that kind of shit but Disney isn't the only advertiser finding the exit. IBM, Warner Brothers, Discovery, um, Sony, Comcast, NBC Universal, and Lionsgate are some who have left the burning building. I think it's fairly simple. Brands and people don't want to associate with a platform full of anti-Semitism, conspiracy theories, and division for starters. The optics are bad, and the moral dilemma is even worse when advertising dollars go to fuel this hate machine, right? So the following is from a Slate article just last month. Quote, since Musk bought Twitter in October 2022, can't believe it was only that long ago, it's lost approximately 13% of its app's daily active users, according to new data from mobile research firm Aptopia. And its rebrand as X only accelerated the decline, end quote. So blue checks, ad dollars, $1,000 monthly business accounts, and 1990-style job boards, it, they, they can't save this dumpster fire. They are throwing everything at the wall. But the thing that everybody's hearing, mm-hmm. one of the smartest, richest man in the world, looking like yep. a total fucking ass. Every it, it, it feels like it's almost every single day. So, I mean, who wants to be a part of this, this, this fucking dumpster fire? I mean, obviously, these big brands don't, and it's their prerogative not to. And mm-hmm. since he told them to fuck off, I guess they, they sure the hell don't have to come back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. You remember the movie Brewster's Millions? Yes. So for the kids out there that don't know, Richard Pryor, uh, John Candy's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, it's kind of a it's a forgettable movie. But the premise is uh, Richard Pryor, if he can spend, I think, a million dollars over 30 days, he gets. I think it was 30 million or something like that. But it was a lot of money. He had to spend a shit ton of cash. Like a million dollars a day for 30 days yeah, or something. Like so anyway, he had to spend a ton of money, yeah. which All in 1980, it. whatever, All was it. a lot of yes. money. Like that was yes. like he was buying teams. He was buying like real estate and yep. crazy stuff. Yep. And he was given money to employ people. Everyone 
knew that it was going to end badly. Well, and he couldn't have any assets at the end of it. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Get rid of the money. And the, yeah. So and he couldn't have any assets. Yeah. Anyway, the point of it is uh, it was entertaining as hell to yeah. watch this guy spin down the toilet and know that know that the whole shit show is going to end badly and that it was at least going to be entertaining for everybody uh-huh. and no one was really going to get hurt other than him. Yeah. There's an element of this to me that's incredibly entertaining in a Brewster's Millions type way. <laughs> I mean, you always think about having so much money that you don't give a shit. Elon Musk has so much money, he doesn't give a shit. Nah. And we get to watch it every day with crazy shit like going on CNBC and saying, go fuck yourself to like the top companies in the world, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's very entertaining. If you don't like Twitter or X, go somewhere else. I don't feel like, like unlike Facebook, Twitter's not destroying teens from what I can tell. Unlike TikTok, it's not the greatest propaganda machine for the, for the CCP of all time. If you don't like Twitter, get the hell off it. Otherwise, or don't advertise on it, don't watch it. But it's a fun train wreck for me at this point to watch. We enjoyed the hell talking about it. Let's talk about the jobs thing for a second. We didn't know what it would look like. Would it look like a little little search bar on top of Twitter? Would it be in the sidebar? But that's hard because mobile is most of what Twitter is. So now it looks like it's a standalone x.com slash jobs. And it's basically put in your keyword and put in your location. You can click the little map icon to get where you are. It's a job search. That's all it is. It's a job search. So there's there's no, you can share a job. There's no bookmarking. There are no job alerts. Uh, all, all the sort of traditional things you think about when you think about these things. You can't really join like your Twitter account. It doesn't really wrap into applying. Why are they wasting their money on this? I don't understand. They've certainly partnered with AppCast to provide content because mm-hmm. most of the jobs I clicked on were AppCast. Mm-hmm. So they're at least making money on the clicks from AppCast. It looks like there's a deal with Greenhouse because a lot of a lot of the jobs are greenhouse, so maybe they're plugged into greenhouse X, XML feed or something. ATS feed, yeah. Tesla jobs are all over the place, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So you know, all of Elon's stuff is going to get preferential uh, treatment. Yeah. Will it make ten million a year? I, I like. Are they going to promote this thing? Uh, you can't post jobs on it. Um, I assume if you have if you pay for the job posting thing, those jobs are on the board, but. The applies sometimes go directly to the job description. Sometimes they go just to the job search page. It's a mess. Which is a whole list of jobs, which you then have to go and yeah. find what job I was applying to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no direct apply. They should have called job sync to like direct apply <laughs> to all these things. It's a mess. I'll give them I'll give it's them the mess. benefit of the doubt that it's early. Uh, they still are a big platform with a lot of people. This feels a lot like when Facebook had jobs for a while. Yes. Uh, and then it was just a mess. Yes. If they ever open the, the floodgates of you can you can put a job up for free or for, for some cost, then it's just Craigslist. Then it's just like, then it's just chaos and anarchy, which maybe Elon wants. But it's nothing to get excited about at this point. Go see if your jobs are there, I guess, and see how how you feel about that. Well, yeah. And does anti-Semitism come into play with your jobs being on this platform? That's the thing right there. Is, That's the thing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it, think about it. All these companies who are literally, they're, they're, they're leaving. They, they're not interacting or engaging on uh, Twitter anymore. I mean, you've seen some of these, uh, these marketing departments from some of these big companies. They've gone yeah. radio silent, right? They, they're just not engaging anymore because they can't be a part of it. Um, it, not just pulling down ad dollars. So what if you're using Lever or Greenhouse or, or one of these applicant tracking systems and your jobs just magically show up on Twitter? 
I would go fucking nuts. Yeah. Do you think AppCast has had a call yet around why is my job on Twitter? Dude. <laughs> because they're going to get those calls. To this, yeah. Oh, I'm going to be reaching out yeah. to them after this because I think about all the ad agencies that are using AppCast and whatnot. Do they yeah. know that their clients yeah. could prospectively be going to Twitter, right? I mean, dude, it, it, there are just so many bad optics that are happening here for for any brand, right? Unless you're a red balloon kind of company. Okay, great, right? Yeah. That's good for you. That's that's awesome for you. But a lot of these companies do not want to be associated with uh with this bullshit and they might be their brand might be included and they have no fucking idea that their brand is included. So, uh reach out to Greenhouse uh to our friends at Appcast and and so on and so forth to see uh, if yeah. uh, if they're getting the okay from these companies to be able to actually push them to Twitter, because if they're not, oh, yeah. that's gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna have a whole fucking segment around that. Yeah, if you're listening and you're a blogger, if you need a good blog post, <laughs> go look at all the advertisers <laughs> that have like left Twitter for this shit Ooh. and see if their jobs are on the job board, and that that'll be a great post for you to get traffic about uh, all the companies that are on Twitter Ooh. with jobs, even though they're not advertising. Wow. Uh, with the company. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just fun to watch. Whew, my headache just got worse. <laughs> All right. From one car crash to the other, uh, let's go to Amazon. Well, they finally have an answer to chat GPT chat. Amazon launched Q, a generative AI powered business chat bot responding to competitors like OpenAI's chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was this week. I'm sure the folks at... Uh, at uh, 007, uh, have nothing to say about the name Q as a uh, as a brand. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it it aims to synthesize content, streamline communications, and assist with tasks. Q can do things like synthesize content. I just read that. I think <laughs> Q can do things like synthesize content, streamline day to day communications, and help employees with tasks like generating blog posts. Mm-hmm as well as aid employees with tasks like support tickets and policy inquiries. Priced at $20 per user monthly, it competes with Microsoft's and Google's enterprise chatbots. Resources discuss AI management in the workplace and its potential in HR tasks. The first 100 customers get a complimentary toy penis rocket from Blue Origin. Okay, <laughs> I made that last part up, but seriously, Chad, big deal, little deal, or no deal? Yeah, I mean, late late to the party is not a big deal for them because they they have so much data to train on in the first place. I mean, th- this is just going to be a suite of services for all of these companies. I mean, you take a look at Microsoft, take a look at Google. This is going to be a part of a part of the suite of services. I, I really believe, though, that the new big evolution of these large language models uh, is actually going to be just around the data piece. So a, lar- a large language model, if you think about it, is like a car and the data is like the fuel. And much like the walled garden platform that have cut Google out of indexing their content over the years, the exact same thing's going to happen here. So mm-hmm. go back to the uh, my, my earlier shout out where journalists will start getting paid for their work on Google assessing training data or accessing training training data will uh, be the evolution of this same situation. You want to access the news, you pay. You want to access the data, you pay. Knowledge is power and access to that knowledge is going to cost money. So who wins in the war? Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Anthropic. 
And much like the Canadians are doing uh, for journalists, we're going to have to build legislation around this as well. Uh, just because I'm using Google, uh, Gmail, G Suite, that doesn't mean I'm allowing Google to use my data to train their LLM. Same goes for Microsoft, Windows 365, and all their other products. So this mm-hmm. this is not just a, a conversation around the really cool AI it's what's fueling the AI. And that's a lot of the contents like we're talking about, again, for, for Google being shut out uh, and a lot of these these walled gardens. How are they going to pay? We need regulations and that's going to be the next evolution, I think. What are you doing, step bro? Do you remember when smartphones were all the rage? Uh, and yeah. after Apple made the iPhone, Android came out, which made sense. Open, you know, open source and all that. But then Microsoft had a phone. Amazon had a phone. Facebook had a phone. They did the software on it. Mm. Uh, and we sit here today with Coke and Pepsi, Android and iPhone for the most part. And AI to me is no different. Uh, you had OpenAI come, the floodgates open. By the way, him coming back to the company, we like we touched on that on the the Turkey show, but like. It's like back to the future. It's all back to normal. We'll get a new board. We'll make a ton of money. It's all good. Anyway, so to me, it's like if you don't have AI, then you're just screwed. You look like a backwaters hick from an Australian dating show. Everybody's going to have so, it. So all these companies <laughs> are like, we got to have an AI. So open AI, Google has barred uh, Llama or Lam- whatever, Lambda, uh, Llama, Lambda, Alpha, Lambda, Lambda. Anyway, Lambda, 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 yeah. Revenge of the Nerds uh, reference for those of you Gen Xers out there. Yeah. And now Amazon has to have uh, this chatbot. Now, what's interesting is it's a it's an enterprise work-related chatbot. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, te- they're coming at a different angle. Their one benefit is the AWS spin on it because a lot of companies mm-hmm. have their sites hosted on AWS. So if they push this thing to all the techies, all the CTOs out there like, hey, you're already using AWS. Here's this really cool workplace chatbot. We already have your content through your database that we're running on AWS. Like, why not make a cool sort of conversational thing that uses all your data um, from the company that you want, some that does, whatever they want. I don't know how that'll work, but mm-hmm. that is the one in. They don't have to advertise this on TV like, hey, if you got if you're at work, like, Use the AWS chatbot at work. They can just like wrap this in to a company's AWS account and that way it could work. But I don't see a ton of people like getting all juiced up about AW, about Q's <laughs> enterprise uh, chatbot. I just don't see it getting all that excited. Yeah, no, I, but, but I mean, it, it, think about it. This is just going to be like cloud computing was. It was, it was like it, everybody has it now. It's, it's just how you do business. These co-pilots are yep. going to, uh, to get better. All of those companies have cloud services, right? AWS, Azure, uh, Google Cloud. I mean, they all have cloud services. So yeah, I mean, this is just going to be something that everybody has. The biggest question is once again, are they going to be able to use your data, data in the yeah. larger scheme of things to be able to train their large language models. That to me is uh, that that's going to be the big question. Yeah. Similar to the, the mobile wars, I guess uh, it really became a game of who has the apps that people want, like where are people developing the apps? And mm-hmm. that ultimately was the iPhone and Android. Blackberry's marketplace sucked. Everyone else sucked. Mm-hmm. They didn't have enough traffic. So 
AI is similar in that if you don't have the data, then it's kind of worthless. I, and if I were- It's like a car with no fuel. Like I, I argued back in the day that Microsoft should just give the best apps like a bucket of money and say, you're going to exclusively put Angry Birds yeah. or any whatever was hot back then yeah. on Microsoft's platform and no other platform. So people would start buying Microsoft phones because that's where Angry Birds was. Xbox and Halo back in the day. And we're seeing this happen. If I'm the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, whatever, I'm going to all these companies and saying, who wants it? Who wants all their data trained on this stuff, on this great content? And it'll basically potentially strangle or suffocate all the other AI services or make them become niche around internal content or whatever. That could be a play. We'll see. But to me, it's similar like the apps are who's going to win. The data is who's going to win if this thing becomes more of a commodity. Who's going to develop on it? Yep. Let's take a break and come right back and talk about LinkedIn. All right, all right, all right. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. All right, Chad. Well, let me start by saying congratulations on your 20th anniversary with uh, with LinkedIn <laughs> this week. Yes. You, my friend, joined two years before me because I had to go check. I wanted to say 2005 really? was when okay. I got on okay. LinkedIn. Now, at the time, it was mostly a sales thing. You were a sales guy. I was, you know, I was marketing guy mm. uh, at the time. So I could see where you would be more uh, in tune with it than I was. But anyway, um, they've added a new feature. They're going after new market. LinkedIn has enhanced its job search features specifically for nurses, aiming to cater to the 3 million nursing professionals on the platform. The updates include specialized filters for job searches, adding over 65 nursing credentials and 35 skills to user profiles. With nurse shortages and increasing demand, various job sites, including ShiftKey and ShiftMed, have garnered significant investments reflecting the industry's growth. Chad, celebrate that anniversary and tell us what you think about LinkedIn's move into healthcare. Yeah, I mean, adding some filters here and there, credentials, and I mean, for, for a segment of the working population who doesn't frequent LinkedIn that much in the first place, I, I don't think it really matters, right? Um, what does make sense, though, is becoming the lifestyle app for these workers. So, for example, as you can see, I actually wore my my, my Harry gear today. Mm -hmm. um, but for example, like, like Harry, they are an app that employees use on a daily basis. Why do they use it on a daily basis? When I want to check my work schedule, where do I go? I go to the Harry app. 
what about clocking in and clocking out? The Harry app. What if I go, what if I'm in the ICU and I need to message my boss who's in their office and they're three floors away? Well, I go to the Harry app and, and I, I message him there, right? That's how you become a lifestyle platform, right? And then, and then you build an ecosystem around that. Then you also have companies like Paradox who have started to move toward that applicant tracking system, right? Being the applicant tracking system, being more of the actual system for those workers, the frontline workers. These companies, these, these, the, the Harry's, the, the, the Paradoxes, what have you, they're going to beat the shit out of, mark my words, the LinkedIn's and the the indeeds because they're going to be sticky and the employees are going to be there the entire time they can build ecosystems not just for employers but for the entire frontline ecosystem itself so if i want to get a shift and i'm working you know at this Mm -hmm. hospital today and i want to go get a shift and i see that there's open they already have my information i'm in the system i can pop over and i can run a shift over there that's what tomorrow's workforce is definitely going to look like for 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 nurses right and really a lot of frontline employees so i don't think this does anything to move the needle at all for linkedin you know it's it's cute it's nice but to be quite frank, at the end of the day, it's just not going to do what LinkedIn needs it to do. They need to move down the funnel. Yeah. By the way, we have some hidden footage from uh, the meeting where LinkedIn decided to uh, sort of get into the space. Like that thing's giant. <laughs> How many times bigger is it than Earth? Like Okay. Um, the part about the filters. Remember when Google came out with the ad about veteran? Uh, oh, God, yeah. Categories is the wrong word. Uh, they had filters for like number. You know, you know this. This is your lane. Yeah, it was it was military occupation coach. Yeah, and they fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, it sounded great. Like as a non a non veteran, I watched. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That seems really really awesome. Yeah. And then you like uh, you you peed on peed in my Cheerios and said like, now this is bullshit. <laughs> so I got to think at some point nurses are going to look at these filters and whatever LinkedIn has done and said like, well, this is stupid. This is bullshit. Yeah. So. Techies hate LinkedIn. Developers hate LinkedIn. That's why they're on GitHub Mm -hmm. and all the other places because all they do on LinkedIn is get hit up by recruiters. They get no value out of being on LinkedIn other than I get recruited. So the people that don't want 18 calls a day from recruiters Mm -hmm. just say, I'm not on fucking LinkedIn. (laughs) And LinkedIn has pretty minimal privacy stuff. So it's like, if you're on LinkedIn, you're going to get hit up. Oh, yeah. I got to think nurses either feel the same way or are going to feel the same way. The 3 million that they have, that's really a small number for someone like LinkedIn who has a global footprint the way they do. I got to think the only people on LinkedIn and like our, our recent nurses, people who just got out of school and like heard, you got to be on LinkedIn. They're getting hit up. Or they're administrators. On the regular from, from recruiters. Yeah. So it's like nurses, just like developers, are not going to like flock to LinkedIn because they have new filters for job search no. or whatever. So it's no. like really stupid. Now I will give them this. They will be able to go to every hospital, uh, every healthcare system in the country, probably the world and get half of them to be like, yes, we want the new nursing, whatever, because we need nurses. So it's like, yeah, cause they're suckers. Yeah. They're going to make money from this. Mm-hmm. They're going to like get companies use it. And like monster back in the day. And indeed today, no one gets fired because they use LinkedIn. So they're going to get people write checks to this. So in that, 
in that case, it's a win. Mm-hmm. But five years from now, we're not going to be talking about LinkedIn as like this juggernaut healthcare nursing no. platform. No. Like it's it's total bull. It's a it's a it's a really quick money play. It's like Twitter launching jobs. It's like people the you know the strategy meeting at LinkedIn was like, how do we get a quick hundred million dollars? And someone said, nursing. Let's target nurses. <laughs> and the next 12, 24 months, they will make that you know, hundred million dollars or whatever. Yeah. And then they'll be like, it's a big success and then it'll, it'll fizzle out and like, it'll be done. It was the same, it was the exact same conversation that they had in the boardroom at Twitter. How are we going to make some more money? Job search. We'll start our job board. <laughs> yeah. We have that tape too from, uh, from X. Just the tip. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's go to our next story. Unions are back in the news. Winning. Well, after smacking around Detroit's big three, the UAW has launched an unprecedented organizing campaign. Unprecedented is saying a lot for the unions, uh, by the way, Chad. Uh, Aiming to unionize thousands of non-union auto workers at over a dozen automakers in the U.S., including Rivian, Lucid, and pretty much everything out of Japan and Germany. Mm -hmm. It covers nearly 150,000 workers. Uh, since winning, winning big, Oops, winning, there it is. Since winning big, various automakers have responded by raising pay, but the UAW asserts that non-union workers still lag behind in benefits and rights. Chad, your thoughts on this year's cinematic hit, the union strikes back. Uh, so Sean Fain is for real. And we called this a couple of weeks ago. So I'm not just going to go ahead and, and retread this. Just go ahead and play the audio from earlier this month. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is all power to the people. There's mm-hmm. a huge shift in the union side of the house. Hell, we're talking about non-union workers who are getting the UAW bump. Right. Anybody who's not a part of the union, they're going to get a bump. But what do you think that's going to make them think about? Should I join the union? Mm-hmm. Toyota, 9% bump. Should I join the union? Maybe I could have got more. Should I join the union? You take a look at Tesla after, you know, Elon's bullshit in Sweden and Swedish Tesla workers are on strike. But even better, dock workers are refusing to let Teslas into the country in solidarity. Why? Because they're like, you know what? That might not be my job. I might not be a Tesla worker, but they're a worker just like I am. I think we're finally getting to the point where it's like, hey, I can actually feel your pain. And I understand that that could be me. Okay, so one word, momentum. Sean Fain has it and Elon Musk does not. I mean, can you imagine the meltdown Elon would have if Tesla workers unionize? I mean, get the popcorn ready, kids. No shit. Mm -hmm. And as you'd said in, in a video... Fain points out that electric vehicle makers, Tesla, Rivian, and Lucid, uh, they've reported huge profits. Then Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, Nissan, $470 billion in profits over the, the past decade. So, I mean, he's, he's looking at the numbers. He, he's incredibly smart. He's being transparent about all this. And he's saying, look, we know what you're making. We know not only what you're making from a profit standpoint, but we know what you're making and you're actually pushing up in salaries and bonuses to the people who aren't doing the work. And that's the fucking C-suite. The people who are doing the work deserve the uh, more pay, right? And I mean, so this is, this is something that, again, I really believe is resonating all over the United States. We used to be the individualism is, is key, uh, you know, country. And we see that that did nothing but fuck us. 
at the bottom line while other yeah. people were, were getting paid millions and millions and millions of more dollars. And we're like, wait a minute. That's why they want us to just think about ourselves, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> when we do that and we're not together, we're not as strong. So now they're starting to coalesce. They're starting to come together and they're becoming stronger and they're going to get more money out of it. I, I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's just going to happen. And I, I can't wait to see the, the union boom. Yeah. I can hear Elon saying, go fuck yourself to all his workers uh, yeah. as we speak. Yeah, um, good, good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, we're we're capitalists on the way up and socialists on the way down. <laughs> Can we find a middle ground? I mean, seriously. It's really interesting to me. Uh you remember when Meta launched uh their metaverse thing? Uh-huh. Like they changed their name. They, yeah. they were all in on the metaverse. Yeah. Until they found out the metaverse wasn't like gonna happen, at least not in the way that that I and Zuckerberg uh thought it would. <laughs> Wanted it to. So what did they do? So what did they do? They said we're going to cut the budget for metaverse. We're going to get efficient around uh, our profits. We're going to get serious about what we do well. And their stock is like fucking blown to the moon. And their quarterly earnings report was insane in terms of like cutting costs, but making more money. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So it's no surprise to me that this week we had news out of GM that they are cutting the budget of the cruise, uh, the cruise department or cruise business. Yeah. For better or worse, companies are the car companies are going to be forced to look at what is profitable and what is like R and D money pit down the toilet investments. Yeah. And to me, it bodes, it's not a great sign for automated driverless cars that they're getting out of this for, I mean, not getting out of it, but they're cutting the budget. Mm -hmm. Um, And also reports that uh, electric vehicles aren't exactly what uh, the market thought it would be or the government or, you know, like a lot of budgets that, Ford and, and car companies are talking about spending on EVs is now getting pulled back because they find out, well, uh, EVs look like shit. That's my own opinion. Tesla's only Tesla Rivian, Fisker, they're the only ones that look good. I look at a Mustang EV and I want to puke because <laughs> I was of an, I'm at a certain age where Mustang to me is like 66 Mustang, pat, like muscle car speed. And I look at this, this CRV basically Mustang and I want to puke. So anyway, uh, EVs aren't happening. Automated driverless cars aren't happening. So companies, car companies are like, look, we got the union, uh, tsunami coming. We need to start like getting serious about our business, start cutting costs, start, stop doing frivolous stuff, leave that to the startups and the crazy ones, uh, as Steve jobs would say. So, the good news is, I guess, companies are like getting serious about paying workers because they know the unions are coming and they can't be spending frivolously on stuff that's not working. Um, so for me, that's a good sign. Media is going through the same thing, right? Disney, we got to get into streaming. Well, shit, streaming is like not as much as this cash machine that we have over here. Uh-huh. Uh, do we dump streaming? So companies are really coming to Jesus about what makes money, what doesn't, and shareholders are forcing their hand. But it's great to see that unions, in addition to getting workers what they're they're due, mm-hmm. they're making the marketplace work as it should and only put money behind the things that are actually working. And in this case, that means people. And that's a great thing for civilization and uh, America. Yes. Yes. And yes. And what else is great for America, Chad? Oh. The Rolling Stones are back. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? 
there's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. All right, Chad, the Rolling Stones revealed their 2024 North American Hackney Diamonds Tour sponsored by, wait for it, AARP. That's right. The Organization for Americans Aged 50 and Above. That includes us, Chad. Uh, with Mick Jagger <laughs> at 80, Keith Richards at 79. How is that wow. dude still still pumping? Okay. Ronnie Woods at 76. The band released their first album since losing their original drummer, Charlie Watts, back in 21. The mm-hmm. tour spans 16 cities with an exclusive pre-sale for AARP members of which I am not, Chad. I won't, I won't speak for you, but I refuse to join AARP. Uh, the, the result of this pre-sale, well, that's right. You can guess, you can guess it, Chad. I've fallen and I can't get up. The AARP site crashed, inspiring boomers everywhere to lament the days of camping out for multiple nights in real life to score tickets. I'm sure all those AOL dial-up accounts that still exist didn't help either. Talk about can't get no satisfaction, Chad. What are your thoughts on the Rolling Stones tour? Talk about prolific, being able not just to put out freaking music, but to be able to perform on stage. And I don't care if they, they don't have the energy that they used to or what have you. No fucking kidding. Mick Jagger's 80 years old. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's amazing. I think, uh, first and foremost, it, it, I can't believe it's taken them so long, AARP, to get them, to get Rolling Stones on board or at least (laughs) an older act like them on board. Uh, Uh, and then the whole ticket sales thing. I mean, did we not learn from Taylor Swift? I mean, and her, mm-hmm. like, just like buckling the internet for God's sakes. Uh, this shit's going to happen. I mean, it, it, it reminds me back in the day when, uh, Monster and Hot Jobs did the, uh, the Super Bowl commercials and Hot Jobs yeah. literally just went away. It went away for like a day because it, because the traffic broke it, right? Um, this is what happened here. I, I don't, I, I don't know, understand why they can't be ready for, load balancing and traffic these days it's yeah. it's crazy yeah yeah hey chad what hey chad what you can't always get what you want <laughs> we, out. we out wow look at you you made it through an entire episode of the chad and chase podcast or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end either way there's no doubt you wish you had that time back Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell, enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt, but save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, 
You can't quit them either. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.